see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle without a this morning. Uh, Mark had a basketball tournament over in the Family Life Center a few weeks ago and wanted to have a, a culmination and recognition and, and bring a message to, to some of those guys. A lot of them aren't here tonight, but hopefully some are. And uh, so we're going to change the order of worship a little bit um, and be flexible enough to allow Mark to, to speak to that. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I do want to. Oh, excuse me. I probably could turn this on. So if I start walking, check, check, check. Here we go. I do want to say thank our pastor for allowing me this opportunity. Uh, I also have some other thanks that I need to give. Uh, there are two folks that I need to recognize. Uh, one is. Travis Robinson. Travis is sitting way back there in the back. Stand up just a minute, Travis. He sat over lunch with me and helped me organize a lead team basketball uh, tournament that had uh, seven teams participate. And uh, fortunately, our homegrown team, and a couple of those guys are here, uh, won that. But uh, there were quite a few college uh, students from ABAC, probably about at least, well, four teams. So there were at least 20 but lots of visitors and cheerleaders there. Travis, thank you. I also see back there uh, Dr. Don Parks. Don is uh, in charge. Stand up, Don. Uh, Don is in charge of the uh, lead team. He, I guess he administrates uh, them out at ABAC. And so I appreciate them coming and, and participating with us and, and helping us have a great basketball tournament. We want to do that again. We do have a trophy. Since I see two of those players here, I'm going to hold that trophy, and we're going to, we're going to give it at probably our spring opportunity for a, a lead team basketball tournament. But uh, I was going to talk to them just a little bit about how basketball and the church compares. Now, I, I was going to bring my props out, and I was going to have my tennis shoes on, and, and I, I looked around, and all the other pastors had jackets on. I was going to rip off my, you know, I was going to be in my basketball uniform, and then I got 
nervous and I thought, I better not do that. You know, this crowd may not understand what I'm doing up here. So I, I'm, I'm dressed appropriately, I hope. But again, why do we participate in basketball? And, and then related to why should we participate in church? Well, I think that most of these guys participate in basketball because they love the game. They love the game. Now, I'm, I'm not from Indiana, but my in-laws are from Indiana. And they loved, or they turned me on to basketball by taking me to a game. My father-in-law is an IU alumni. And so he knew that guy who throws the chairs across the court. And uh, he was on the court with people, players like Isaiah Thomas. And they told me stories about being on the court and the energy and the excitement. Well, I'm a Mike Davis era guy, you know, the character, the calm, but... But I have some good memories of being there when Mike was there because we were up in the stands one time and we hollered at him, uh, Mr. Davis, Mike Davis. He came over, took time out, and took a picture with us right by the side of the court. Uh, I, I also know that uh, they, were, they made it under Mike Davis to the national championship game where they were runners-up. I can't even tell you who they played or who won, Bill. Can you help me there in 2002? Anyways, that's all right. I, I thought Bill might know. If I would have warned him earlier, he'd have told me. But, uh, you know, they, they made the national championship under Mike Davis. Well, as Christians, well, basketball players are devoted, a devoted bunch. They see the potential in their team. They uh, feel the energy and they thrive on the adrenaline. They love to play. I like to play. But the church, let's look at the church. It says that in Acts... 2.42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Let's stop and pray together. Father God, we do thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word and to see what you have to tell us about the opportunities we can have, whether it be in basketball or in the church. Father, to glorify you in what we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, basketball players are a devoted bunch, but I guess my question is, is the church devoted? Uh, it says in verse 31 that there were 3,000 people that had just been added to the church. Now, I don't know how long it takes for 3,000 people to be baptized and, and uh, you know, for all of them to, to, you know, fill out the little card and come down front and all those kind of things. But boy, that'd be a long, long time, and, and they'd just been added. So, you know, I'd want to see what's going on. I'd want to get down there and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Who's, who is this Jesus? What's going on there? And you've got to be able to see those changed lives. Uh, maybe the energy and the excitement and the worship and the fellowship that's going on. But I have the question, church, do we, the church, love the game? Are we devoted, as it says, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers? That's my question to you. You have to decide. Are you here? Are you fired up? Are you ready to play? Are you ready to go in? Pastor Wayne had spoken briefly on Monday and said, you know, would you like to have a chance? 
I think he got nervous because we hadn't talked all week, and he called me Friday or Saturday night and said, are you sure you're ready? And I said, yes, give me a chance. I'm ready. Put me in the game. I want to go. I love to worship and, and praise God and share. But I hope that we as a church love the game that we're in, the game of living a Christian life. So uh, we participate in basketball because we love it, and we participate in, uh, in service as we love it. Now, I'm doing this for a special young man who, who needs to know my three points at the end of the service. So we love the game. All right. Second, why do we participate? Because we know the game. We know the game. I've been refereeing basketball probably for over 10 years, but I've never gone to one of those courses where you, where you get certified. You know, I'm not an official referee with a patch and everything, but I've been in church recreation for a long time. Uh, you know, youth ministry is kind of like church recreation. It, you know, you, you run with the kids and you blow the whistle and you're in charge. You got the stripes on. Now, some of these guys know the game. Uh, I referee with a couple of different guys. One of the guys named John. I'm not going to point you out, but uh, John is precise and machine-like. And he will quote the book on you if you mess up. I mean, he's, he's good. He's got the patch. He knows the rules. Another guy who I referee with here recently, his name's Michael. Michael calls what he sees, much like me. He calls what he sees, and he's in command. And I tell you, you... You mess with Michael, he'll throw you out. I mean, he's in charge. He likes those stripes. He's good at what he does, and he calls it fair, but he's in charge. Don't talk back to Michael as a referee. There's another referee I ref with. His name's Cisco. You know, Cisco is, is, is a student of the game, or he's a student as a referee, but he also plays. The only problem I learned about being a player still and a referee, oh, you've got to watch out when you play. Because those referees have seen you in the stripes, and boy, they assume you know everything, and, and they will call you on it. And if you just flare up a little bit, man, you're out of here. And, and, you know, that may have happened a few times to all of us. We all call a different game, but as their partner, I support and, you know, help keep the game in control But as a church, do we know the game we're in? John 10.10. I was going to get the youth choir to do this with me. Do this, youth choir. John 10.10. Some of the students who might be here tonight know this also. John 10.10 says, A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Do we know the game we're in as a church? There's a thief out there. There's an uh, enemy out there. Do we realize that? He wants to defeat us. He wants to steal our joy, kill our enthusiasm. He wants to destroy our testimonies. He's out there. But the second half of that verse says, but I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance or to the full. Jesus has come. And He's there to forgive us and to give us the abundant life that we can live to show others who He is. Some of us live that defeated lifestyle. Jesus can give the victory when we have Him and know Him personally and rely and trust on Him. 
So we play the game because we love the game. We play the game because we know the game. Lastly, we play the game, or we we participate in the game because we are able to play the game. I was going to have a little fun, but all these guys aren't here. Uh, Evan, do you know Ron's last name? Ron Nelson, Ronald, as I knew him, played on one of our men's leagues. And Ronald can jump. I mean, Ronald loved to block shots. I mean, he would swat them into the next court. He would, he, he'd, he'd get them off the rim. He could slam dunk. Ronald was, was I, I would pick Ronald for my team. J.P. Short. J.P. stand up. I had not seen J.P. play probably in, uh, oh, since last year he played with my boys. J.P. is 15 years old. He was out there muscling men around on that court last week like they were sticks, like they were little kids. J.P. played a strong underneath game. I would want J.P. on my team. I don't see him. Brian Hand. Brian is a man who can shoot the lights out. I'm not talking layups. I'm talking three-pointers. He just it, it makes it look easy. He just kind of throws them up there. And he'll move back behind the three-point line. I'm talking like way behind. I'm talking like just inside the half-court line. And he'll just make it look easy and rip nothing but net. Evan, I got to do it. Evan, Evan Ray, stand up real quick. Evan put that team together. He picked some ringers, and Evan's team won the tournament. Congratulations. Give him a hand there. But, but the other thing, you can sit down. The other thing about Evan, though, is, is he can dribble. I mean, he can, he can, behind the back, the crossover, he's quick. You know, he goes around or beside or sometimes through players. You know, now that's when the whistle comes out. But, you know, Evan, Evan has got the moves on the court. One more player i got to talk about now. There's this guy named Mark Myers. Now, you know, I can talk about slamming the ball on the six-foot you know, board. I can talk about... Ruling the boards, you know, with my wide hips, I can move everybody out of the way. Um, I can talk about the three-pointer. No, I can't. And, and, and the dribble, especially the dribble, you know, when there's food involved. You know, I can talk about the dribble. I can't play like these guys. But does the church play the game that they need to be playing? Do we have all aspects of being the church down? My desire is to be known as one who knows Him and makes Him known. And as Christians, we're commanded to share that we know who He is and what we know. And we're commanded to share our testimonies. I like to do this with students, so I'm going to do it with you because I don't get a chance to do this very often. You know, I appreciate, again, the opportunity to come up and share. But everybody put their thumb up in the air. We already used this verse once. John 10.10 says, A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. God wants you to have a full and abundant life. So go like this. Hey. Hey. Abundant life. Again, that's my impression of the Fonz. But anyways, the Fonz was cool, and he had a great life. So when you see somebody and you do this, hey, that means you want them to have a great, full, abundant life. All right, are we ready? Point at your neighbor. Point at somebody. Now, when you point at somebody and call them something like, 
You sinner! Oh my, wait a minute now, okay. Three fingers are pointing back at yourself. So if I'm calling Frankie with her a sinner, I've got to remember three fingers are pointing back at me. I'm a bigger sinner. Romans 3.23, here we go, remember this. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God wants you to have a great life. Say it, great life. Even though we're all sinners. Now, I've got to be careful with this next one, and I tell people when I share, I don't raise this one without crossing it. Because it means something to the world that it doesn't mean to me. But this is a symbol I recognize. Can you tell what that is? It's a cross. Romans 5.8. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And yet while I was still a sinner, Jesus died on a cross to give me abundant life. Why would anyone die for me? Why? I've already told you I'm a sinner. I'm not going to go through my list. I'm not going to reveal it all. But we're all sinners. Why would somebody die for me? That ring finger is your relationship finger. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. Jesus died on that cross to give me a relationship. He wants to live within me. He wants to know me personally. He wants to know my innermost being. He wants to clean the junk out of my heart. He wants that relationship. But in that relationship, I can't get it on my own. I can't, I can't lift very much with my pinky. I, I can't lift this and move it. Now with my hands, I, I might if it's not screwed down or I might knock it over. But Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It's a free gift from God, not through works so that no man can boast. We can't receive anything on our own or we can't climb our way to heaven but we can receive freely what God has given us. The gift of His Son, Jesus, on the cross. Because we were sinners, and we needed a relationship to have abundant life, we can receive God's grace through a relationship. You can mix these up and use them any way, but if you remember those five Scriptures, you can share the power of Jesus. Why should we participate in basketball and in the church? I know that those guys, all of us who love basketball, play because we love the opportunity to get out there and mix it up. We know what to expect and we're prepared to play. I just played my part. I love to share the gospel message. I love to mix it up and share it and do it at the spur of the moment or do it at the FLC or do it on a basketball court or do it anywhere and everywhere I go. But if I offer the gospel message, the message that we can have a great life even though we're sinners, Jesus died on a cross for our sins that we might have a relationship with Him and that we can't get it on our own. We must accept it. I'd be remiss with not offering you a chance to get in the game. 
How do you get in the game? You respond. You accept the free gift that Jesus has given. Many people know about Jesus and what He did up here, but have not accepted Jesus personally as their Lord and Savior and asked them into a relationship. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who hears will open the door and I'll come in and sup with Him and He with me. Jesus wants into your heart and into your life. He asks to come in. He also wants to be your boss. You've got to understand that you need a boss or a guide or a friend, someone who will help you with those forks in the road where you don't know whether to go right or left or or which way to go. He wants to be there when your life has trials in them, temptations. He wants you to surrender. Jesus wants the keys and sit in the driver's seat of your life. Responding is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can respond tonight by asking Jesus into your heart and life, and you do that in prayer. I'm going to ask my pastor to step up to the front, and as we close in a song and after I pray, it'll be your opportunity to respond. The gospel message is what drives and opens our hearts and allows people to say, I need something. I'm empty there. What can fill it? Let me tell you, Jesus is the only thing that can fill it. Let's pray together. Father God, I praise You and I thank You for the opportunity to share the message of Your Son Jesus. Lord Jesus, I praise You and thank You for Your love and for Your willingness to be with us here tonight, Lord. To allow us to hear the simple truth of a relationship that could change our lives and give us abundance. Father, I pray if no one has heard that message or if they've never heard it that clearly and need to respond, I pray that tonight would be that night that they would say, yes, Jesus, I need you. And they would make that commitment to a new relationship and a new life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.